wherever you are in life or whatever situation you're in now, it's not going to be permanent. And it might change very quickly and without you knowing about it, too. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Brian Hemming of Fitfo Custom Cans, and you're listening to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. Super pumped to be here with Kyle. Hope you're tuning in and hope you get something out of this. Nailed it. One take. No practice. Knocked it out of the park. Dude, who do you think was going to show up for your podcast? <laughs> Freaking chump time? Come on. You never know. You never know. That's a fact. <laughs> Welcome into the Beer Money Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew. It's what's in your ears as you drink beers. It's also uh, also what you might be listening to while you're having cigars and uh, drinking some bourbon. So uh, today I wanted to uh, welcome in a new friend. Um, as you'll see, a lot of these times I really, you know, I've never really spoken to the folks before that are on the on the episode. Um, but I think uh, today you'll see how like-minded individuals can get together and have some fantastic freaking conversations, even though they've never met. So Brian Hemming coming to us from Bozeman, Wyoming, uh, founder of Fitfo Custom Cans. We'll dive into that. Brian, tell us about where you are sitting currently. Currently, I'm just going to check you on one thing real quick. If people hear Bozeman, Wyoming, they're going to kill you. So Bozeman, Montana. From Bozeman, Montana. Belgrade. Um, what was Belgrade, Wyoming? Belgrade, Montana, right up the street. Some reason that's you got in your head, and yeah. uh, that's cool. Because uh, I'll tell you this, I right wrote now. it down. I'll tell you what. Well, I have brain fog from a from a concert I went to last night. <laughs> yeah, we should tell the people about the concert you went to, just so they understand oh, what brain fog actually is. All right, I'm on. I'm on four hours of sleep. Four um, hours of sleep. My man watched Rage Against the Machine at madison square garden and he's taking time out of his day his recovery to talk to me man i am honored and humble kyle oh honored. man i am on plenty of coffee and uh trying to get through it uh yeah so had the opportunity to uh go to the rage against the machine concert at madison square garden it's been planned for a while uh run the jewels opened up for them and literally run the eight, eight o'clock happened and the lights went out and i was going to text my daughters and say you know good night and all that stuff Eight on the dot. Boom. Lights go out. Concert starts. Not even everybody's in there yet. And it was pretty cool, though. Like, you, you want your artist to show up and, and start on time. There's been so many concerts like, eh, they're going to show up 15 minutes, 45 minutes, hour and a half goes by. Run to Jewel starts, 8 o'clock on the dot. Crowd starts going crazy. It's only half the people in there. Everyone's going nuts. They blow the doors off the place. Like, 20-minute intermission, and then all of a sudden, rage comes out. And it's like, fools on parade, people of the sun. Uh, it just... They played the hits. They rocked from start to finish. Tom Morello's playing guitar with his teeth. Uh, I, I have so it. many awesome videos. The crowd was just killer. It was cool to see, you know, the mosh pit and all that. And um, I'm sorry, I don't think that like mosh pits are kind of what they they used to be. I feel like some people might be soft these days, like some of the kids in the mosh pit. <laughs> that, that's a whole other podcast, man. Yeah, it was like a gentle <laughs> mosh pit. Um, but yeah, I, you know, when I just watched that train wreck, the uh, Woodstock 99 uh, documentary, three-piece documentary on um, Netflix. And, you know, I just text my wife. I was like, this is just like Woodstock 99 right now. I just like, there's like an anger in the country. There's an anger in the crowd. There's an energy right now. And the problem you'll see with the Woodstock was that they thought it would be nice to give everybody candles at the end. And we would take a picture with candles. And then they set the whole shit on fire. I was like, 
if candles go out tonight, Madison Square Garden is going to burn to the ground. <laughs> and it was uh, yeah, I, I think too. Like, I mean, that's great intentions, piss poor execution. Like, and there's nobody there to be like, hey guys, I don't think we should do this. Yeah. So I'm on. Uh, I'm on a little sleep here. Uh, I have now corrected Bozeman, Montana. We will no longer mention Wyoming, except for saying Wyoming now. Um, but yeah, man. So no, I was. I got up early today. I had to drive home from my brother-in-law's house, and uh, you know, so I'm listening to some other podcasts and listening to some some books, and we'll get into. And then I'm I'm thinking about what we're talking about today. So nice, man. Just to formulate. There's so many different things that we're going to talk about, and I'm really uh, honored to have this opportunity to do so. Back to where you're sitting. Yeah, so uh, where I'm sitting right now, um, just kind of paint this like picturesque thing. I'm sitting in a 1971 Airstream camper that has been converted into a high-end cigar lounge. It's the Timberland Lounge here in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, This is my uh, home away from home, my second office. Um, But TJ... Montgomery, who is the owner, has done a fabulous job just building a great cigar culture here with the lounge and with the membership. I mean, the people that come into this lounge and are members of this lounge truly are special. And when you show up for cigar to hang out, um, you you just have some great conversations and hang out with some truly, truly special people. Yeah. One of my best buddies is a client of mine, too. And our meetings, we meet three or four times a year and we meet at the cigar lounge. We both bring a bottle of, you know, some different bourbon we haven't had before. Um, and we share it. We have, uh, you know, one or two cigars and it's just, it's about that experience. I think there's something nice about the cigar that slows you down, um, in this high paced world. And you can sit, you know, in a leather couch or a nice comfy chair and we're going to have a cigar. And you know what? We're here until this cigar ends. And if it ends early and things are going well, we're going to light up another one. So Ah, totally. I mean, you you just hit the nail on the head. Like, cigars are something you can't rush. I think too many things these days are rushed. I mean, are rushed. you, you look, look at our lifestyles. Everybody wants instant access, instant results, instant connection. And when you when you light up a cigar, I mean, you are literally putting everything on hold and focusing on that moment, that experience with the cigar, with whoever you're with, and... There's no rush. It's really kind of nice. It's almost like a little reset. For sure. And, and, I, and I know guys that, you know. It's, ther- it's, it's therapeutic. It is. It, it's, it's very, it's, it's like a ritual almost. We're like, hey, I'm going to find my like happy place, my zen, you know. Um, and you just kind of settle. And I, I know some guys smoke cigars once or twice a week. I know other guys that are like once a day. And then, then, then you get those all-stars who are like breakfast, lunch, and dinner guys. I don't, I don't know how they do that. <laughs> I don't know how they do it either. But after getting into this and, and being around cigars for a long time, um, I, I, I fully understand it. And, you know, you look forward to those moments with a cigar, with somebody the conversations, even the environment you're in. Like I am, I'm spoiled. Like if you look out behind me, we've got, I've got a running Creek. I've got these great trees in front of me. I've got the Bridger mountains. I mean, God's country. I mean, it's gorgeous. So I can be inside and still have a great view behind me. And then if I'm sitting outside, you know, 
bluebird skies and mountains. I'm just pretty impressed that you have like such good Wi-Fi and uh, internet going on right there. Yeah, it's it it actually is amazing. I mean, even out here in Montana, and and uh, we we do have paved roads. We do have cell connectivity. <laughs> have electricity out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all good. We are definitely in the 21st century. Uh, but but what but what's crazy cool too is where I'm sitting right now. Within 20 minutes, I am in the wild, where I'm no longer at the top of the food chain. Okay. And I think one thing with Montana, people need to understand, obviously, a lot of people love to come out here and just experience Mother Nature and everything she has to offer. You got to understand with Montana, the weather and the animals can kill you very quickly. Mm -hmm. And you need to respect that. Uh, My wife, when she takes our kids uh, hiking, uh, I've got a 10, 8, and 6-year-old, two boys and a daughter, incredibly blessed, um, married an incredibly sexy, beautiful, smart woman. Um, when they go on hikes, they go on hikes, they go out deep. I mean, they're armed, you know, G20, 10 mil, um, bear spray, because you never know. And you always want to be prepared, especially Hmm. out here because things can change just like that. At what point, because you're not from there. At what point do you kind of walk out there or is this something that you learned from somebody else? But like, Hey, we're not alone out here. We actually need to pay attention to what we're doing, where we're stepping and what's going on. Um, I think that's something I, I, I learned a long time ago growing up. Um, my, my dad's a Marine. Uh, so um, I'm kind of the bastard child of the East Coast. By the time I was 19, <laughs> we moved nine times. Yeah. So um, I think just always being aware of your environment, especially if it's constantly changing and understanding that it can change quickly. Um yeah, you know, just sitting there and, and sitting there and be like, all right, cool. Like things are now comfortable. Things are good. All of a sudden there's a change, good, bad, or indifferent, and you have to deal with it. Or for, in my case, growing up, oh, I really like this neighborhood. I finally figured out where all the past, the cut throughs are. One guys are playing pickup hoops and doing this. Yeah. And dad comes in and says, like, Hey, I got, I got orders and we're moving. And so you have to, con- so you, that's wild. I think some kids just kind of conditioned for it. Like, but, dad, it's game point. I can't leave yet. Yeah. But that's how it goes. Yeah. And and so I I think just for everybody, it's like wherever you are in life or whatever situation you're in now, it's not going to be permanent and it might change very quickly and without you knowing about it too. Hmm. The only constant is change. This was not in my notes as far as what we're going to talk about. But now that you mentioned that, um, there's always kind of that tale of, you know, trees, right? Uh, An oak tree or a palm tree. You know, you think about the heavy winds that, you know, are life, but the heavy winds in tropical locations where when that wind picks up 50 plus miles per hour, you see palm trees there that bend and flow with it and they've adapted to it. You can't have that kind of wind when you have these oak trees, right? They split and they crack and they fall. It's kind of, uh, you know, something for when life throws you these winds, these these uh, challenges, you got to roll with the punches or you snap, right? Uh, totally. And I, I think one of the things, just talking to some of the some of the people I work with when it comes to executive coaching and mentoring and as well as doing some life coaching is like, you know, let, let's kind of look at trees or something in Mother Nature. Um, but one of the three things I always talk about with people is you need to be resolute at your core. So you got to have that firm foundation, that strong base. 
you need to be constant in your devotion. Like, what are you doing to continually uh, to make sure that base is sound and add to that base so you can weather anything? And then the third thing is be flexible on the periphery. I mean, you, you can't just march ahead in a straight line and think everything is going to be all right and it's going to work out. You're going to have to be aware of what's happening outside of your path or your plan and adjust accordingly. On the fly. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and and you're you're not only making, you're not only making a decision for yourself, it's for the people around you at the same time. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you're a parent, I'm a parent. I mean, how many times when you had little kids, like little babies and a little months old and you're sitting there, Oh yeah, we got to get out of the house at 7:45 AM in the morning. Cause we need to be here. We need to be on time. We need that. You're walking out the door and one of your kids has shits his pants crap <laughs> going everywhere. I mean, crazy. And, and, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like how does baby shit defy physics? I remember changing a diaper. It was everywhere, but the ass, I mean, it was on the hair, the shoulders, the heels, nothing in the diaper. I thought it was a cruel, practical joke. Somebody played on me. It's pretty impressive. It's like uh, Anchorman is like, and you ate a whole wheel of cheese? I'm not even mad. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. Nice. We actually just gave, uh, we have a neighbor that's having a baby and uh, we gave them, we you know bought them some onesies. And my, you know, my wife is like, I'm giving you onesies with zippers because there's nothing worse. You know, my husband would freak out at like two, three in the morning in the dark, trying to button buttons on a onesie while the kid's kicking. Oh. Like, you button oh, one I- and you walk away. But you get the zipper, you're good. That right there is bringing back some, some good <laughs> memories now that I'm way past that with my yeah. kids. But I remember yeah. going through that and you're like, like, why is the kid's hand in in the leg and he kind of looks like a Viking right now with this thing like slung across his shoulder? Because the ones he had buttons, that's why. Yeah, it's the buttons in dark. It's a horrible idea. Well, you, sir, look like you are in a place actually uh, where you could uh, literally chop wood and carry water. Yeah, I love that book, man. I know. That is a that is a great book. I, I recommend that to a lot of people. Um, and it, it just goes to embracing the process. Yeah. And and really just getting into it. I, I feel that a lot of people are always look and you always hear, oh, life hack, shortcut, this, that, the other. Well, I, I, I hate to be that guy. Yeah. But it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. help you achieve your goals, reach your full potential and experience the incredible highs that you're like really working for. Yeah. I mean, the destination is actually the journey. Yeah. And, and people need to like come to grips with that instead of like, Oh, here's a great life hack. Okay. But you know, if, if you miss the development, the learning, um, the ups and downs, how to handle success, how to deal with failures and everything in between. How do you actually grow as a person and grow your business? Like if you skip some hard life lessons, some hard business lessons, what happens when shit really hits the fan? I mean, you're, you're talking about a catastrophic event that can wreck your small business. that's just taken off. Or if you've made that jump from small, you know, like side hustle, to small business, to business, to like, now I've got like 20 employees and I'm doing this and that. If you don't learn those lessons through the process, when something happens, you're, you're going to pay for it. And it's, and, it, and it's going to be expensive. And what I mean, expensive mentally, physically, emotionally, yeah. spiritually, financially, it, it has a potential to crush you. If you haven't um, 
gone through the process and, and learned. So a couple of things that that book I really enjoy is short and it really takes every book and puts it all in one kind of like all the, they're all very, everything overlaps. Right. So the, the things I like about that book, you know, one, as you talk there, when you don't embrace the journey or, you know, you don't have that strong foundation. I come back to that quote of, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. So that foundation that we've built, and then that goes right hand in hand with those folks come from nothing and then they win the lottery, five, $10 million, whatever it might be. And then a couple of years go by, they spend all the money and they're worse off than they were originally because they didn't have that journey, right? They came into money. They didn't earn it. They didn't figure out how to build that foundation on the way to there. They got a quick boom, elevator to the top and then fall back down because there was no nothing to support them there. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things from from one of my one of my coaches told me this. Uh, you know, he's like, "It's a short walk from the penthouse to the outhouse. You need you need to know that." And I've experienced that. I remember a team I was working with, uh, Towson University. Uh, very fortunate to be on Coach Nadlin's staff, and then three years I was there. Blessed to be around some great coaches, administrators, uh, the players, and their families. Uh, we had an experience where we beat the number one team in the country. We then we're ranked number one, first time in the history of the school. I mean, really cool stuff going on. I mean, super exciting. Um, the team we beat was one of our in-town rivals um, right down the street. Really cool environment. So we go, we were top 10, beat a number one. We become number one. And guess what happens? We lose the next four out of five. And that was, and that was tough because... Yeah you're dealing with all the external expectations, comments, influence and all that. And, and during that time, you know, we didn't freak out or do whatever. We focused on the process. We knew we were doing the right things. We knew we had the ability, the talent, the work ethic, the drive to achieve our goals, which were to win a conference championship and then, then to go on and compete for the national championship. We knew all that was there. We just had to really dive into the process. And we learned some hard lessons during that stretch yeah. about ourselves, what we need to get better at. I mean, just brutally honest with ourselves. And that's one of the great things with athletics is you're tested all the time from a different opponent. And so you, you're always kind of moving, but also pivoting at the same time. And yeah. It was, it was great. I mean, so we ended up weathering that storm, weathering that part of the season and going on, winning our conference, um, hosting a, a home game. Unfortunately, we lost in uh, a, a heartbreaker to the University of Maryland on like a last second shot. Um, but to go from being number like literally who's he to who's who to who cares in a very short time is something that, that we needed to learn, I feel, to win that conference championship and be able to host a first round NCAA game. I Brian, think it's you say that again. You said. Oh, to, to go from who's he to who's who to who cares. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Interesting. So talk to me about this quote, if it matters to you, if it brings any thoughts, especially coming back to lacrosse or overcoming any other obstacles, but. Hardships often prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destiny. Does that quote mean anything to you? Yeah, it does. Um, actually means a lot. 
Um, I, I really feel that obstacles create optimism. Hmm. So the bigger that obstacle is that you conquer and you're able to work through, navigate, figure it the fuck out, keep moving, it creates that optimism so you can handle more. And you're just building this wealth of experience that will help you navigate the different seasons of your life and different seasons of the year. And I think going back to something I said earlier, like there's so many things right now that everybody wants instant access. Perfect example. I got one of these. Everybody's got this. Everybody wants access to Kyle. Now I sent a text. It's been three minutes. How hasn't he gotten back to me? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> words, 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 all this stuff. And, and so I, I feel that people really focus on these just really short term bursts instead of well, looking at the long term. Yeah. And I think if you switch it like, Hey, this is the season of my life that I'm going through right now. I mean, you can look at it, look at, look at businesses. Everything's done first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Well, you can set yourself up for a lot of success in the first season to reap the benefits in the fourth season. You know, just switch out season and quarter and two and three and the same thing. So, Oh wow. Like I might be having a rough season now, but I know the next season will be better. I think it kind of gives you a little bit more understanding of how life actually moves along instead of this quick, like, Oh, well I failed Tuesday. Then I failed Wednesday. Then I just like, so what? Yeah, you had a bad three days, but let's look at the whole month. How was the whole month? Oh, it was awesome. We did this. We did that. Da, da, da. And like, you just get so focused on like the little thing, mm-hmm. the little fail in front of you that you miss the big success that you actually work towards and earned. Yeah. So we, that's, you know, we have that conversation every night at dinner, right? We can have all these great things happen during the day. And then you have that one kind of crappy thing that you're like, when your wife says, how was your day? You're like, ah, it sucked. This happened. But you know, that was one out of 30 things, 29 went great. So when we sit down at the dinner table, we, we go around the table, my daughters and my wife, and we say, uh, what was your favorite part of the day? And then, so yeah. that's a positive thing, right? We're talking about the positive. Um, we're not talking about the negative. And I think that sets a nice tone for the rest of the evening as well. Yeah, we, we do the same thing with uh, when we're around the dinner table and we make an effort to eat dinner as a family regularly. And I highly encourage people, no matter how busy you are, and I get it. I mean, I've got one son that's running cross country. I've got another one that's just getting into lacrosse. My daughter yeah. loves to ride horses. So we're kind of like all over the place. But the nights that you can sit down around a table, share a meal, that's important. And we ask our kids the same thing. What was your favorite thing of the day? What was the best part of your day? You know, sometimes it's goofy and it's silly. And then other times you're learning from your kids about how to really enjoy the simple things in life when they're like, yeah. Hey, I saw this really cool bird. Oh my God. Like yeah. that's never would have thought of that. And, yeah. and you, you learn from their perspective and what they're learning from the world and what they're valuing. And sometimes it puts what you're going through actually in perspective. You might be sitting there stressed out at work, life, everything. And you just forget to enjoy the fact that yeah. you woke up in the morning and were able to put your feet on the floor. That's a huge win. All you need is a little blood vessel in your brain, smaller than a thread to pop and game over folks. But yet you focus on the stuff you shouldn't be focusing on and you're missing out on the great things in front of you. So I have my five minute journal in front of me and this morning, 
This morning I wrote, I am grateful for a new day, an early start, and a reliable car. Like, I drove to Manhattan and home yesterday and today. I got there safe, got home safe. I woke up today. Fucking life is good. Dude, you're winning. I mean, those are huge wins right there. Yeah, and it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think... And they're easily overlooked. Yeah, people overlook that and they're like, oh, I don't have the right car. I need this car. I need that car. Dude, you just need a thing with four wheels and, and a roof over your head and windows that work and an mm -hmm. engine that starts. <clears throat> Gratitude's a game changer. Start to oh, completely. be appreciative of what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, and I've actually been guilty of, of that where I've been focused on the wrong things at different points in my life. That's and how we are trained as cavemen. That's, that's our caveman brain. Yeah. Where you, you just sit there and you're like, Oh my God, like I don't have this or mm -hmm. I should have that. Or that, instead of just being like, wow, what I got is pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, and you know, comparison is the thief of joy. You start oh, comparing completely. yourself, you know, and then that's I, why social media sucks, right? Oh, um, you, oh, you can go down a rabbit hole with social media <laughs> yeah. where you actually think like you're the worst human being on this planet. Yeah. No, for you sure. know, and you just keep spinning down this hole and, and you're literally, yeah, you're comparing, you're doing this and what about this? And so I that's kind of my question. That, you know, I think you said that challenges are, can equal positivity or something along those lines. The goal is create optimism. But not for everybody. So what about those who they don't feel that way? How do we get them out of that funk? Well, I, I think one of the things with that is from having experienced it myself and having working with individuals and teams at different at all different levels, is sometimes you're gonna find yourself where you're just getting your ass kicked, man. Like it sucks. Like you're yeah. sitting there and somebody like, oh, I had a bad day. Sometimes you need to brace yourself. Well, you might have a bad month. Yeah. You might be in for a bad year or had experience. Again, it goes into seasons. But when you're, when you're in it, you tend to really focus on, oh, I had a bad Monday, this, that, the other. One of the things that, that I do for myself and when I work with different people on this is we really focus on what are small attainable wins. That's what you got to do. Because I think sometimes you're like, oh, well, I want to do like pick this huge goal, huge, love it, love the attitude, love the effort, but without momentum and without success, little yeah. success to equal a big success, it's going to get difficult. You're going to find yourself getting frustrated. Then you're going to find yourself questioning the process. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to find yourself questioning faith in humanity. Yeah. And then you're going to skip out on the process right when you might be flirting with greatness and really achieving that. And so one of the things is to take a deep breath, reflect on, like, you know where you've been, you know where you are, you know where you want to get to, what are the steps that are going to take you from now to where you want to get to, and let's keep breaking that down into actionable items. I was talking to uh, a guy this morning, I was like, listen, man, you, you've got to stack your wins early in the day. I don't yeah. care if it's like, make hey, your bed. I, yeah, it's like, hey, make your bed, that's a win. Uh, I made coffee for my wife. Um, I sent the email that I drafted last night. And I texted these three people a note of appreciation just for being in my life. Nice. Those are four four quick things that that literally you've stacked some wins. Now you have some. Now you have some momentum. So now you can roll into maybe the bigger thing for that day with some confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and like, hey, I got this because you've already stacked a few wins together. Now, when you take a step back and look at some bigger things, you know, macro versus micro, it's the same approach. And just be like, all right, well, what you're doing now, you will see the direct results of that 90 days from now. Yeah. That's why everybody so, thinks about, you know, like the overnight success, right? But they didn't oh, see yeah, that. Like, they didn't there, see the people grinding. Yeah, there's a guy out here, uh, Justin, who owns Rasco. They do awesome chest holsters uh, for hunters, outdoor mm-hmm. enthusiasts. Um, you know, because if you're doing big game hunting, you're out in the middle of nowhere, you've got to have, you know, your sidearm ready to go. I mean, they're amazing holsters. And people are like, oh, your success, it's got to be awesome and this and that. And Justin is a man of few words. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best men I know. And he'll sit there joking and he was like, yeah, yeah, it's the, you know, instant success that took me over seven years to build. Correct. Yeah. And you're just like. Yeah. So, and I mean, that grind it, sucks. It's tiring. Back. It beats you up. So you gotta, that's, that's what you gotta learn how to gamify it or, or trust that process. Enjoy the process. Um, it sucks. You know, I'm in year 10 of what I'm doing and I started at zero and it sucked for three years. <laughs> you yeah. Know, and then I, you start, and then you start to see that flywheel, right? It starts to, to you build that momentum. And then you keep going, keep building on it. Oh, yeah, I agree with you 100 percent, Kyle. I think, again, that's where I think now people want success two weeks ago. And when you right. look at like the businesses, small, big or, or global, it didn't happen overnight. Like somebody had an idea, stuck with it, leaned into it, created some momentum, got some things going, but it takes time you have to be patient there's a big difference between waiting and being patient waiting is just sitting in the corner and just hoping it works out and we all know hope is not a good course of action for anybody mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being patient is doing what you need to do and it goes back to what i said earlier you know constant in your devotion doing the right little things consistently while you patiently wait for that opportunity to present itself so you can capitalize and I really feel that people kind of get that inversed or they just forget about it. Or they just think, hey, this great opportunity is just going to fall in my lap. It doesn't yeah. work that way. I, no. I can tell you that right now from experience. You can tell people. You just said it. When you started out at zero, here you are 10 years later. The first thousand days of your business yeah. and what you're doing, what True. was the word you used? Sucks. Uh, they suck. Yeah. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, terrible yeah. suck. Not easy. Yeah. You know, but you, but you were, you know, you were resolute at your core. You believed in what you believed. You were constant in your devotion. You probably made some pivots around that. So you were flexible on the periphery. And here you are right now. I like that flexible on the periphery. You, you just got to understand. But I think if you flip it back, yeah. it's like that was a season of your business. That was a season of your life. So when it, when it goes to the seasons, like that's part of it. I mean, look at us being dads. Like you remember the time when, you know, you had infants in like months old, but even before you're like, you thought it was the end of the world. I mean, you thought there was no, like. You thought you would never not be tired again in your life. Like I'm never going to get a full night's sleep. And now I I look back on it with a 10, eight and six year old. And I laugh. I'm like, oh yeah. Like Aaron and I joke around about, oh, you remember that time when this happened and that happened? But at the moment, I thought it was like end of the world stuff. <laughs> yeah, but now, like, oh, that's so funny. And you're, and, you're, and you're telling the kids like, oh, there was this time when you did this and, and mm-hmm. you shit your pants and it was everywhere in the diaper <laughs> and like all this stuff. And they're like, what? That's gross, dad. Uh. 
you know, but it's just like, but it, it's just like understanding that and, and, and kind of working through it is, is really, you know, I, I just didn't end up at this, this place that is taking me a while to figure the fuck out. And, and I'm, and I'm grateful I did because it, it's just helping me to help others and, and help them navigate some stuff that I've already been through. Love and if it. I can help minimize their experience, not basically you just try and keep it from crashing and burning. Yeah. I mean, cause you're, you're going to have to learn some tough lessons, but if you don't have to crash and burn, let's not do that because yeah. it's just harder to pick up the pieces. Well, yeah, even um, just even from like a fitness standpoint, uh, Mark Wahlberg had a quote that I loved was it is much harder to get in shape than to stay in shape. Oh, completely. And that's, I agree with that 100%. And I, I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working through something right now. Like I haven't been able to work out the way I've wanted to work out and no excuses. I'll own it. Part of it has to do with having the right stuff to do what I need to do. I mean, I grew up in a Marine family. I will kick out push-ups and pull-ups all right. day. Nice. No problem with that. Done. But with some stuff I want to do and set that positive example for you know, my kids to see what, what a strong, healthy male is, um, you know, to be, to be sexy as much as this can be sexy. I mean, hell, I'm the pale version of Shrek. Um, <laughs> no, you do live in the woods. Yeah. Uh, basically, man, if I had like those little cool little ears, man, I'm <laughs> like, I mean, uh, um, you have a donkey as a friend out there or what? You know, I can get one. There you go. I bet. <laughs> I know a guy. Um, <laughs> So, you know, so, so I can be sexy. I, I can be a protector for my family, my wife, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Had to order some stuff, got it here and, and, you know, reached out to a guy, uh, Finney Akers. Uh, he played lacrosse with my brother and football. Um, you know, this is a guy who's been on the cover of men's health, GQ mm-hmm. magazine. I mean, dude's a stud, 44 years old. Like that yeah. guy is all them. But it's one of those things you just reach out to somebody like, I need help can you help me? And let's go. And so with me setting those things up so I can start working out the way I want to work out and do what I want to do and achieve my goals, you know, that first step's hard. But one of the things I have been doing, and it is, I've been sticking with my diet, you know, watching what I eat, measuring the stuff I need to measure, da 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 da, all that stuff. So it's not a complete restart. It's just, I got to get some things going. And so I feel like people if things aren't going right, don't just throw it all in the trash and walk away. Hold on to one part of the process that you can fully own in a weird dynamic environment that might not be stacked in your favor and own that. So when you do get starting again, it's not a complete reboot. You're like, oh, all I got to do now is just, you know, I've got my diet and my cardio done, and now I need to get my strength. Mm-hmm. So you're only adding one piece instead of all three. Right. Because we've all been there where you start, I mean, you start working out again and it's, it's painful physically. Yeah. It's painful. You're like, Oh my God, I didn't know I had muscles back there. Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Like now my hamstrings are on fire. I can't even get off the can in the morning after taking a dump, like, because of what you did the day before <laughs> and we've all been there. And so if yeah. you can minimize that. So when you do restart or reboot, it's only, two steps out of three or three Mm. out of five or one out of two, you're going to, you're going to really pick up the pace. And I think, you know, one of the things is 
that first step, no matter if it's into the unknown or the corner you've been pushed into, is hard. It takes guts to do that. But more importantly, steps two through wherever, I believe, are harder than the first step because now you have to, now it's on you. Well, first, yeah, I mean, the first step. So have you ever read the the dip, the book uh, called The Dip by Seth Godin? Um, somebody's recommended that to me and it's on my like Amazon order list. Right. So, yeah. So first, you know, first you, you got an idea, you start working on it. Everything's exciting. You're telling everybody about it. You love it. It's new. You know, you have those 60 days of shitty, right? So you're starting up, everything's going up. It's like a roller coaster and then things are starting to go down, right? It's not fun. Things aren't working out the way you thought. Sales are slower, whatever it is. Production's slower. Things are backed up. It's not going as planned. So, you know, we start off high and we come down to the bottom of the dip. And instead of keeping pushing to come back up that hill, a lot of people just quit. And then that's it. And then that's just a repetitive thing that, you know, they never achieve whatever it is they want because they don't push through that dip. And until you can change that, which is like the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. You have to push yeah, through right. it. You have to, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, totally. And, and, and that's, you know, that's a cliche-ish saying you hear it everywhere, right. but you know what? It's fact. Yeah. Like it's so interesting when you see people look at people that have that, you know, might be flying the G six or have the Lambo or have the multi-million dollar mountain chalet and all this. And you hear them like, Oh, that must be nice. Mm-hmm. Those people. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, you might want to check yourself like hard time out there. You don't know that person's journey. I mean, you, you don't, yeah. but every journey is different for everybody else. Like my journey might be similar to yours, but it's completely different, you know, yeah. for a myriad of reasons. And sure. you know, you, like you'll sit there and you will hear people say, oh yeah, we're all in the same boat. And the fuck we are. Yeah. We might be in the same ocean, but your boat looks different than my boat. Sure. Even if you started off at the same spot and ended in the same spot together, that journey from A to B is, is completely different. Um, have you watched the new movie called Hustle with uh, Adam Sandler? Oh, I love that movie. Aaron and I watched it. It is perfect. It's about putting in the work. It's unbelievable. Putting in the work. I mean, literally for years, months, yeah. years, day, then having that one opportunity present itself and being able to capitalize on it. But it takes that the guts, the balls, the mm-hmm. boobs to, to, to own that opportunity. <laughs> and I, I really think that like, you know, people, people think that like they, they, they get to choose the opportunity. Bullshit. The opportunity chooses you. And yeah. if you're ready for it, awesome. If you're not, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to success. It doesn't always come to you. Sometimes it, it may, but. Again, you you need that foundation underneath. Uh, coming back to that uh, chop wood, carry water book, the there's a great quote there. It says, "Greatness isn't for the chosen few; greatness is for the few who choose." Yep. Fact, truth. I mean, but for the for the few that choose greatness, it is a hard path. It is not going to be easy. I am sure in your experience and in your journey on your path, you've questioned mm-hmm. faith in humanity. There might have been a couple times you've woken up in a cold sweat, and you're like. Why am I doing this? I can go do something else that's easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet you've been able to be like, Matt, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to keep on moving. Yeah. Because is, I believe are, in it. Are you I'm a religious guy? 
I know you, you've spoken about faith a few times. Is, is faith um, from a religious aspect or just having something to believe in? Uh, it's something I believe in. Uh, also, too, like I go to church weekly. Uh, yeah. I, I believe in big man and and mm-hmm. as well as JC. And, you know, um, and I think, too, like it's something not to be minimized. Uh, but it's also something that for me has helped reinforce who I am as a person and it goes back to being resolute at the core mm-hmm. and just understanding who you are. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think growing up, you know, we always went to, you know, chapel on the base or when I was in school or, you know, even the teams I played on, we had a team chaplain and, and then when Aaron and I were dating, we'd go to this really cool church down in Georgetown, Washington, DC, Grace Episcopal, one of the oldest churches in the country, really pretty cool. Like Sunday okay. morning, you know, eight thirty service, how we made it to some of those services. I have no idea, nice. uh, but we did. And it's, it, it's always <clears throat> been there. And I, you know, I think what, whatever your views are on religion, a greater being or faith, you know, you can learn a lot from sure. that and just you can really, have an it. open mind. Yeah. You gotta have an open mind. I mean, that that's how you evolve and change the person and continually get better. Uh, quote from a hip hop song many moons ago always uh, caught my attention where uh, the rapper says, uh, faith doesn't make things easy, just possible. Love it. That, that stuck with me for, I don't know, 20 years. I was like, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know what, Kyle? I think you're right. I, I think that quote is is spot on. It's awesome because I think faith is a word that transcends religion and one's own understanding of themselves where you can sit there and be like, Hey, I have faith that I can work through this problem. I have faith. It's going to work out in the end. I have faith that I am actually going to do what I say I'm going to do. And so it's, it's a word that can be used in a lot of different ways, but you have to have faith in your abilities to get the job done. If you don't, then who will? And it's one of the things I've. But many people don't, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who suffer from depression or, you know, they, they can't get out of their own way. They can't get unstuck. How do we, how do we get unstuck? How do we help someone who, you know, can't push through that dip? Um, You know, just, just from your leadership and coaching and being around sports, like what is that? Is there a process to it? Is it finding a mentor? Um, But how do we, because a lot, you know, this is mental, right? This is all whatever is between our ears is kind of, you know, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. So yeah. what, how do we get unstuck if we are stuck? So I any, think you know, when it comes to anything? like, yeah, when, when getting outside, one of the things that kind of evolved with me is just how you interact with people. Uh, I think a lot of times people are so absorbed in themselves that they never really take time to literally be like, Hey Kyle, how are you doing? And then shut your mouth and listen to what they say. Mm-hmm. it's very transactional. It's like, Hey Kyle, what's up? And you just keep walking by and people are going to do what they're going to do. doesn't matter. Um, you don't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think how you engage with others can be incredibly helpful. Um, one of the things I've found myself saying pretty rarely now with the people that I work with, people who are friends is four simple words can change somebody's day, their month, their lives. It's just, having a conversation and listening to what they're saying and just being like, I believe in you. Mm. 
sometimes that's what people need here because they're, they're, they're self-doubting. They're, they're losing the battle between their ears. You're talking to people and, 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 and being around them is really just understanding that sometimes people just want to be seen. And so instead of saying like, hey, what's up or how you doing? I'll say, hey, I see you. Mm. And people hear that and like, whoa, he actually sees me as a somebody who's here and as a person. And so like sometimes little things like that can help people start to navigate like where they're at and what they're dealing with. But also too, like, you know, if you need coaching, if you need mentoring, go get it. Understand. Uh, yeah. So with that, I feel like, so for me for years, it was like, I know you're supposed to go get a mentor. And I'm like, how do I go get a mentor? And then I felt like I was like trying too hard. And now I just realized like mentors are everybody around you. Um, people you could just bounce questions off of. You don't have to get, don't think too much about it. Just if you have a question, call somebody, see if they have an answer, you know, and you can repeatedly do that. And then you're like, oh, this is a mentor. I can ask these people these questions. Oh, yeah. And one of the things with that is where you are now in your life and what you're dealing with. Guess what? Somebody else has been there and done it. Someone's always got it worse. too. Better, yeah. worse and in the middle. And so if you can find them, it can help you navigate that situation get out of it quicker if it's not good or enjoy it and learn how to handle that success and prepare for the next step. Like yeah. nobody's alone. Nobody is out there stranded on Mars without oxygen. I mean, human beings are very social creatures. Yeah. You just have to one surround yourself with the right people. People are going to challenge you for success. Yeah. Yeah. And two, be willing to ask the right questions. Take some time, self-reflect. Get vulnerable. Yeah, really look at where you are and be like, hey, and, and own it. I mean, like one of the heaviest things you can do is own everything that has gotten you to the point you're at now. Good, bad, or indifferent. That's heavy. That's a lot. But one of the really coolest things about that is you're responsible for the change. Yeah. It's all on you. Yeah. You I are like, your best friend. I like betting on myself, you know? Oh, totally. Uh, there's, there's a good buddy of mine, Mike Ketchin. Um, that's, that's his thing. Bet on yourself. Yeah. Hashtag bet on yourself. And oh. you know, that's a guy who's done it. And he is just a great human being too. That right, was a great segue, Brian, into FitFo. Uh, figure it yeah. the fuck out, right? Figure it the fuck out. <laughs> now, the first time I've heard that, and you just talked about ownership, so I'm going to pair the two, but Jocko Willink's book, Extreme Ownership. Is that kind of where that derives from? Because that's kind of his thing is, hey, uh, this happened today and it went bad. Good. Figure the fuck out. Uh, this this happened today and it went great. Good. Why? Figure the fuck out. Figure out what happened. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Did, did this, Is this something that you heard elsewhere or... Um, was this something that you came up yourself? Uh, no, I did not come up with it myself. If okay. I were to say that, I'd be a stone-faced liar. Uh, <laughs> Good. Uh, and the thing is, I grew up in a Marine family. Mm. Okay, so, uh, John, you know, okay. So I remember my dad. Okay. Sometimes in a calm voice, sometimes in an incredibly loud voice with, you know, any Marines watching this or listening to this, you know, knife hands. Yeah. You know, figure it the fuck out. Um, also playing athletics my whole life and being yeah. around it. I, that has been yelled at me. Okay. I have yelled it across a field. Um, <laughs> and so it's, uh, no, I, 
I, we at FitFo Custom Cans and FitFo Executive Coaching Mentoring, we, we cannot claim that. All it is is an acronym for figure it the fuck out. I listened mm-hmm. to um, Sean Whalen the other day um, in, his, in his lion's den that he does. And he literally was like, figure it the fuck out. He said like four or five times, like yelling into the screen. And I was like, there you go. I mean, yeah. so um, no, it's um, it, it really is, you know, a Jocko, Sean Whalen, ourselves with, you know, team hemming and, you know, and what we do is you're going to have to figure it the fuck out. And and sometimes in life, like it's not easy. Yeah. It's hard. Um, sometimes in life it is easier because you've had the success, but you know, you still got to keep moving forward and, and figuring it the fuck out and what's going to come at you. I think for us in that, in that time frame when we were back in Baltimore and I lost my job due to the pandemic, just sitting there and looking at my beautiful wife, my kids, and just be like, how am I going to feed them? How am I going to keep a roof over our head? This is not easy right now, but I got to figure it the fuck out. Yeah. And so we put our heads together and just started to come up with that plan to do that. So was there, I don't know if it's my business or not, but was there a job loss or some sort of change? That- oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you like, okay. like straight up, like uh, when I was done at Towson in 2019, I just realized that I needed a change. My family needed a change. My time at Towson was a great swan song for me after being in lacrosse for a long time as a player, coach, mentor, follower, leader, it was just, it was just time. It was, it was time to move on. Um, and so I was, I was recruited away by a great company that does business management consulting as well as CPA services, mm-hmm. uh, to be their director of strategic relationships and which was super cool. And we really enjoyed, I really enjoyed that. My family enjoyed it. I was having success. I mean, they gave me complete latitude. They're just like, Brian, you do you. We just want you to, connect with people, work with them, our teams, team, our clients, teams, like go, um, was doing well. The pandemic hits. And during that time, and you're back on the East coast, remember when they were shutting cities down, like Philly, Baltimore, New York, just, and I I really feel in some cases there truthfully was like a, a, a flip of the coin per se of, who was going to lose their job? What business was going to shut down? What business was going to make a lot of money? What individual was going to get, you know, yeah. a raise? Like it really, there, there was no rhyme or reason. I think it just kind of happened. And so, so that did happen uh, to us, to yes. me, which okay. then affected everything else. And so um, that was just one of those things. Uh, hold on a second. I want to introduce a guy I mentioned earlier in the podcast. This is Justin from, Rasco Holsters, say hello to Kyle. <laughs> What's up, Justin? How are you? I mentioned you earlier. Oh, cool. Okay, I ended up giving you some props. That's good. I wanted to get a little view of the, the cabin in there anyway. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty sweet setup. Yeah. So we ended up, um, you know, it, it just happened. It happened to a lot of people. And I, I feel like those pivotal moments in your life, either, you know, you can, you can take the ass kicking and just lay down, or you can take your ass kicking Pick yourself up off the ground and start to move forward. It might not be fast, 
it might be incredibly slow, but you got to pick yourself up. And I remember just sitting there and just literally like, what the fuck did I do wrong or this or that? I actually kind of felt like pretty shitty about myself. Right. Sure. I was just like, oh, woe is me. And then yeah. all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong. I, I can't control a pandemic for Christ's sake. <laughs> Nobody can. But You caused it. It's your fault. Yeah. And, and, and so I, I think everybody kind of like, like owns that. They're just like, oh, it's my fault. It's this, it's that. No, it's not. So after having a little pity party for myself, mm-hmm. I was like, all right, here's our situation. It's not a good one. How do we navigate it? Mm-hmm. And how do we get in a situation that's beneficial for our family? And that was all part of the process. And that's a situation where, again, coming back to the very first quote we started with was hardships often prepare ordinary people for an extraordinary destiny. Um, Like you as a leader, uh, you've given advice to others, right? This was a situation where you actually had to kind of swallow the pill and take your own advice, which also can be a hard thing to do. It's always easy to give advice, to take your own. You're like, oh, shit, I actually got a man up here and do this. Oh, yeah. You know what you have to do (laughs) because you tell other people, you know? Yeah, it's so... It's so humbling is it's probably 100%. a good word. 100%. And I think too, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with Aaron. And then I have a close group of friends, my dad, my brother, um, and just some of the you know life lessons that my mom taught me, God rest her soul. And um, where I remember Aaron at one point, I was talking through some stuff and she's like, that's what you tell other people to do. Why don't you do it? I'm like, oh. Thanks. Appreciate it's the hard. Tip. Because it's hard to take ownership or what, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a, it's a pill to swallow. Yeah, it is. And, but I think that's all part of, you know, people talk about leadership. Like mm-hmm. you have to be a good follower and listener before you're a leader. And when you are a leader, you still have to listen. And mm-hmm. sometimes you need to know when to shut your mouth and when to follow somebody else. Two ears, one mouth, right? You know, yeah. think it, you know, listen and talk in, in that, uh, in that combination there twice as much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great saying. I I wish more people would, would adhere to it. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, where these hardships and uh, the challenge has landed you. Um, Let's get back to the cigars and let's talk about uh, FitFo custom cans. How do we get there? Yeah. So, so during that time of, just unknown and uncertainty. Um, I was very, very fortunate to uh, have uh, one of my neighbors. Again, this is, again, we went back and talked about opportunity. Mm -hmm. You don't get to choose it. It chooses you and either you're ready or you're not. So we're sitting there uh, probably the summer of 2020. Yeah. Summer of 2020, end of the summer, around this time, early August, uh, one of my neighbors, who's a high-end wealth manager, uh, our kids were playing out in front of our townhomes in Baltimore, comes up to me. He's like, hey, Brian, you know, um, you know, I see you and Aaron like to have a cigar on your deck, adult beverage. He's like, would you be willing to do a virtual cigar and bourbon event for some of my 20 of my biggest clients? I haven't been able to get in front of them for the last few months. And in that world, like you you're entertaining, you're in front of people, you're having constant points of contact. Um, and you need that if not somebody else is doing it and then they're taking their dollars or their company's dollars and moving it over to somebody else. Now at this point, like you're not a bourbon coach, you're not a cigar aficionado. I mean, you like the things, 
But now no, you have to kind of like. I love cigars. I enjoy bourbon. But and this isn't something like, you've done before. You know, this guy was like, hey, you're going to go teach these people. And instead of you be like, oh, that's not what I do. I, I've never done that. I'm, you know, you were like, yeah, uh, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So he asked me and he's like, hey, how do you feel about doing a, a cigar and bourbon event for 20 of my biggest clients? I was like, well, give me a time frame here. He goes three weeks from today. I'm like, yeah, not a problem. I got you, chief. <laughs> not at all. Done deal. I, I got love you. it. Confidence. So, Oh yeah. So I walk inside Aaron's like, Hey, what's going on? How's the talk? This, that, the other super excited. I was like, Hey babe, I just signed us up to do this virtual cigar and, and bourbon tasting in three weeks. And I don't know what the fuck to do. We got to figure it the fuck out now. That's awesome. So literally within three weeks, we, we formed an LLC, uh, Finney and Chris and their team do an awesome job. So they helped me out. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Meg Mallon, she played lacrosse at Maryland, won a national championship, a couple of ACC championships back when they were part of the ACC. She worked for Beam Centauri. So one of the things mm. that I excel at is finding the who to do the how. Yeah, that's good. That's hard to and do for so, some. So I was able to have conversations with them, but hey, this is what's going on. How do we do this? What do we need to do? This, that, the other. And it it worked out incredibly well we were able to get matt booth uh who's the owner and founder of room 101 cigars just a great guy awesome human being took 90 minutes out of his day on a random thursday at the end of august to do this virtual cigar and bourbon event with us Hmm. with these high-end wealth managers and it was a home run that led to 10 more and then that led to me uh, being introduced to a guy in Philadelphia who reached out, say, hey, I've been hearing about these things. I hear great things. What do you feel about doing and coming up here and doing an in-person event at a country club? I'm like, dude, not a problem. And he started going the whole like COVID thing, like, ah, you know, if you're not comfortable. And I'm like, whatever. I don't care. And one of the things I learned during the time with COVID, the pandemic at the height, didn't exist at golf courses. <laughs> yeah, never, I never saw yeah. them close down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, God bless the people at golf courses. Uh, you guys weather the storms like champs. Um, so I ended up getting an invite, going up there and doing an in-person event. And I knew, I knew it was a tryout. Knew it was a right. tryout. It was an opportunity. I had prepared myself. I had done a bunch of little things consistently to when this opportunity presented itself that I was confident that I was going to do well. I didn't know how well. And that, that's all you can do. You can just put your yeah. best foot forward and do what yeah. you need to do. And one of the things that happened out of that is I passed the test. I passed the tryout. I got picked for the team, however you want to look at it. And he ended up, that was a Thursday event. He ended up calling me the next Tuesday. He's like, hey, how do you feel about driving up to Trump National once a week uh, October, November, December, and maybe early January, something. And I was like, yeah, done deal. So I ended up <laughs> literally going up to Trump national once a week in Bedminster, um, and putting on these events for these, these wealth managers and their clients and really got to know these guys. And they were awesome. Um, you know, cause I would do the event usually started around, seven finished around midnight and, and these guys are great They're like hey why don't you stay at my house i got a guest house i got a guest room da, da, da. and i was like nah you know what i really appreciate that i want to go I'm, i go home at night 
because one of the things I do is I always make breakfast for my family. Mm. I can give them a great meal to start the day. That's something that helps them out. Who knows? I might not come home that day. And that's a positive memory they have of me. Yeah. Um, okay. And they love that. And those guys would text me in the morning. It's like, hey, did you make it home? What's for breakfast? What are the kids chewing on? Nice. Like all this cool stuff. And so it was, it was really exciting um, yeah. and, and kind of, it was just really cool to, to meet people like that, that actually gave a damn yeah. about what I was doing and who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really cool. And so one of the things that happened out of that and gets us into the custom can part of it is these guys would show up to these events and, 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 and a big thing of what they do is first impressions and showing their success that they've earned over the years. And so you get these guys showing up with these, you know, watches the size of hubcaps and the custom <laughs> shoes and right. all this crazy stuff. I mean, they're driving up in custom SUVs that look like they shit out my wife's Subaru. I mean, <laughs> these things are massive. Yeah. And because I was a cigar guy, they wanted to give me cigars, which is super cool, humble. So they're bringing out these cigars and handing them to me like, hey, try this. This is one of my favorites. I love what you're bringing. Nice. All this stuff. But, you know, they're pulling these cigars out of Ziploc bags that look like it had their kids PB and J in it for lunch. <laughs> you're right. You gotta, you I don't know take where care they've been, things. how yeah. long they've been in there. I mean, it, it literally looked like a shady high school drug deal. <laughs> and like, Where'd you get these from, man? Yeah, it's like, yeah, is this really good? Like, I'm, you know, and. And so it was under my mattress for three years. Like, try it out. Like, okay. Yeah, it's been drying out in my basement, my crawl space. You know, (laughs) dad couldn't smell anything. Great. And so, you know, you're sitting there and and you're going through it. And and that's where kind of the idea for Fitbo Custom Can started. Is Aaron and I enjoy cigars. We're incredibly Mm -hmm. active people. We love being outside. I would get frustrated with like, putting cigars in Ziploc bags, stuffing them in my running shoes. Hopefully like the kids didn't, you know, jump up and down on the bag before it was packed in the car right. or whatever, or you're, you know, you're flying and God knows what they do to your luggage as soon as you check it. I yeah. mean, I've heard yeah, horror okay. stories. I mean, so, and, and there's nothing worse than having, you know, a $50 cigar that you're saving for the beach with your buddy or for Aaron and I for walking on the beach and you open it and it literally is like, yeah. ruined yeah. like just mashed and you got all horrible. you're all excited and then like you're ready to go it's going to be a great time it's going to be an experience and then you're like oh this it just kind of it blows your candle yeah, out just, you're like shit this is not what i want it's just not good yeah well you, you certainly practice what you preach and you leaned in you said yes and um you know you dared mighty things which is why we're having this conversation so let's talk about the the Fitfo can. I mean, it's not your typical humidor. It's not your typical can. Um, tell us tell us what it is, what it looks like. So what we do is we take a 50-cal ammo can. Uh, one of the things I learned growing up in a Marine family is Marines love their Marines. Mm-hmm. They also love their bullets. Mm-hmm. And so fifty, uh, yeah, an ammo can, 50-cal ammo can, or whatever ammo can, airtight, watertight. So in my head, I'm like, all right, that can be used as a humidor. But uh, a green, black, tan can is kind of boring i'm not a boring guy uh looking back on my experience in athletics i loved our custom gear Mm. our helmets our colors our nike stuff it is our logo only our colors we're the only ones who can get it 
you know, my number. Like, I love the customization part of it. I think that's the kind of thing with lacrosse. So, like, your stick is yours. You can do whatever you want with it. You can dye it. You can string it however you want it. Like, all this cool there stuff. There are many like it, but this is my yes, stick. This is mine. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great It's a great line from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket, yeah. Marching around. Love that movie. And so I started playing around with, all right, cool. Like, we've got this, but now we got to figure out the insides. Um, and then we've got the customization part. So what we do, let's start from the outside and work our way in is we custom powder coat them. So whatever color you want or you need, we do that. And it is, we do some really cool stuff with that to get that color that you're looking for. And then we add the art, uh, whether we're going to treat it like a car and put vinyl on it. It's because some people want that. And then other people, we use lasers and, you know, pull out the raw steel with the powder coating. You really get a really cool contrast. And then uh, our artist that we work with, Jared Buckley, uh, here out in Montana, he's an unbelievable tattoo artist, but he also has an extensive background in airbrushing and pinstriping cars. Mm. And so we're able to create some really, really cool things. You guys can go to our Instagram and check it out at fitfo underscore custom underscore cans. And you'll see some of our stuff. I'm actually getting ready to put a can up later on today uh, that's going back to a big golf event in Baltimore. Uh, it's kind nice. of a Maryland theme. Um, it has the blue crab, has, you know, the Maryland flag. Uh, but we tweaked it a little bit. And it's, a, you know, it's a sleek, sturdy, and sexy as fuck custom can. <laughs> sexy um, as fuck. So, so we've got I, I, and I think, well, was it, you had your first order before you even had cans available. Is that right? Oh, completely. Like I was, <laughs> I was telling people, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And a guy's just like, I want one. And I was like, Oh shit. I don't have now it's for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, opportunity presents itself and the process of building genuine relationships, having conversations, listening to what people were telling me I could couldn't do might be problematic and being able to build the process. So when that happened, we could do it Mm -hmm. and do it well Mm. and put our best foot forward. And we were able to do that. Um, And so then just kind of, kind of kept going. So the outsides, we take care of that really cool um, stuff. Like I love it. I'm looking on your website. So if everybody, anybody's listening and wants to follow along uh, fitfo.co, uh, F-I-T-F-O yeah, the, yeah, the reason, yeah, the reason it's C-O is we couldn't afford the M at the time. Ah, <laughs> that happened. Yeah, I mean, just fact. Those M's are expensive. They are, surprisingly. It's amazing when you go into like buy a domain website thing and you're like, oh, really? That's going to cost me five figures for just that? Yeah, if uh, somebody else owns it. Yeah, Yeah, let's find the other version as yeah. quickly as yeah, we can. Are, figure the fuck out, right? Yeah. What, what's so, it going to be? Um, yeah, so the outsides, we we take care of, like, uh, Christy at Boomtown and her team really help us out with with the lasering and, and doing some really cool stuff. They're great to work with. And now the insides, what we learned is, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, we use uh, custom laser-cut foam. Mm-hmm. Cuts down on the weight, and if you drop it, if it gets falls out the back of a truck or off a raft in a river, um nothing's going to break. You know, we, we attach the digital hygrometer with uh, a magnet, same thing awesome. with the Boba humidification packs with a magnet. So no fuss, no muss, like literally you just 
put your cigars in there, shut the lid, and you don't have to worry about it. Because one of the things with cigars is they're incredibly fragile. And right. out here in Montana, this is like the this is not a great place for cigars with the lack of humidity, the altitude, as well as the extreme temperature changes. And so we've given these cans a big time test drive out here and they've passed all our tests and, and people are super confident in them and they're confident in us and what we're able to do. And then, you know, that's, that's why they reach out. And these ammo cans, I mean, you can just, can you go purchase some wholesale or something like that at the blank units? Yeah, we do. Uh, we get them from an outfit out in North yeah. Dakota. Yeah. And so we, we, order them ass, in, yeah, so cool. we, we order them in chunks, you know, 12 to 20. And then we just kind of, you know, have the conversations with people when it comes to the, the customization. And it's been, it's been super exciting. It's been really humbling to have people when you're having these conversations about their custom can mm-hmm. and they're literally like enough talking. We've seen your work. You do you. Mm. And then you just get to work on them. And then when they're done, we, we ship them out and, People have been very happy with what they've uh, received from us. Yeah, they're totally unique. I mean, it's really neat. And it's cool to see. I'm even sure somebody walks into an event carrying this. Everyone's asking. Statement piece. Everyone's asking. Big time statement piece. I mean, that's somebody's going to be like, whoa, like, who are you? What do you do? What is that? Yeah. Like, how does that, like, how did you get that? Where do you get it? Like, tell me that story. Yeah. So, you know, somebody walks in carrying this thing, like it's not a lunchbox. You're like that. There's something going on in there. And obviously, you know, people aren't carrying around their ammo. We're like, I need to know more. Right. And you guys even do custom colors on the inside. Uh, so, I mean, you're really looking at all details of this uh, inside and out. It's, it's pretty incredible. Have, did you have multiple prototypes? Has the design changed over time? Have you improved it as you realized things could be better? Yes. Like when we first started, we were just kind of like, literally, it's like any business that you start, you, you, there's a learning curve you know, and, and you have to be open to try and you got to be willing to spend money. If you want to make money, you got to spend money. It's when I work with people in small business, mid-sized businesses, they're so consumed with watching the pennies roll by as the elephants march by. And you just have to work through that and be like, listen, I get it. I understand there's a bottom line. You've got people to pay and this, that, the other, and there, there is a budget, but you can't hold on so tightly that you're missing opportunities to get the good word out about you, your brand, and, you know, your product, no matter what it is, your service, whatever it might be. And so being able to do that, um, yeah, we definitely learned some lessons. I mean, we had some, some epic trial and error. (laughs) I mean, just like, you know, you sit there and I mean, I remember like, I, I still have what I like to call the OG can. Mm-hmm. Uh, just even see if we could powder coat them and put something on it and learn like, hey, we can't lay down one layer of powder coat, you know, put down a design and powder coat. That just takes too much time. The quality because of cracking and this and that, like, you know, just kind of going through that process. It also had like our old logo, which was just Fitbo Humidors, which sounds just so boring and stuffy. And thank God Aaron was like, this isn't who we are. We yeah. do custom cans. Yeah. Let's own that. It's yeah. kind of like with our executive coaching and mentoring. Like that's what it is. FitVo, executive coaching and mentoring. That's mm. what we do. We help people figure it the fuck out. Businesses figure it the fuck out. Like it. own it. Don't, don't shy from it. 
you know, you, you are who you are. So yeah, there, there are definitely some learning curves and seeing what we could do and what we couldn't. We've kind of narrowed down the colors for the custom laser cut foam trays to those four red, blue, uh, gray, and uh, yellow. Mm-hmm. Because we looked into some other colors, but it's cost prohibitive. Because at one point we sent a can out and orange would have looked really cool. And we reached out and we were doing some stuff. And like, yeah, you know, the Mighty Ducks, you know, not the Mighty Ducks, but the Anaheim Ducks right. reached out. And they wanted to do stuff with their hockey bags and for shipping sticks and equipment. And they wanted mm. orange as well. And there's like, it costs way too much money to do that. So if an NHL team is pushing away from the table, small guy like us, yeah. why don't we learn from their experience? And it's like, if an NHL team can't afford it, I probably can't afford it either. Yeah. But when I can, I know who I can go talk to. And what, what would it cost for uh, someone to order a custom 50 caliber can? Depends on what you want to do. We have a, yeah. uh, we have a basic entry point at, 600 bucks okay and then some of the cans that we have shipped out are over a thousand dollars wow with that being with that being said we're creating legacy pieces heirloom quality things and they're one of a kind like when we do a can that's one of one nice yeah that's it nobody else gets it um i've actually had a couple people reach out we did a grateful dead can a while ago with the steely on one side and then you know we had uh jerry garcia's hand the silhouette on the other side Nice. And I had three people reach out like, I want the same thing. And I'm like, can't do it. That's <laughs> for one guy. That's terrific. That's and awesome. like, what? And I'm like, just not doing it. Like yeah. it's custom work. And they're like, well, what would it take? I'm like, I gave my word to this man that I'm not going to make another version of this. Yeah. Just not doing it. And, and they're, they respected that. And they changed now, their, do they come, their- do they come with their own designs? Maybe some of them are graphic designers and have some some ideas or oh yeah, totally. I had a, I had a yeah. great conversation with a guy yesterday. Um, he owns a great catering business out here, uh, Forge and Fire. And he's originally from DC, moved out here. He's having a ton of success in Bozeman as well as Big Sky. Yeah. We talked about the design on him. He kind of wants this DC flag that kind of fades out into a Montana flag on one side Mm. and something on the other. And so one of the things with building the team that we've built, we're able to do what our, our clients want. That's awesome. I love it. I think they're super neat. And just to your point. Yeah. I mean, whether you're carrying it around or whether it's sitting on the shelf at home, I mean, people are asking about it. It's an heirloom thing that it's, it's here forever. It's not going anywhere. It's obviously durable as well. Oh yeah. I mean, these, I mean, these things will last longer than we will. I'm sure that, you know, my boys and my daughter will fight over the one I have when I'm yeah. long gone. Like, Oh, yeah. this is the can that dad always had, you know? So that's we, cool. we understand that that's what we create and we, we, you know, we are who we are. Like we're not doing run of the mill lowest price. This we we've really leaned into, we do high end custom work. And, and we're going to, we're going to do our best. And the people that receive the cans trust us to create a legacy piece for them that they can enjoy daily, whether it's in a boardroom, an office on the river, on a hunting trip that we deliver that. It, what are these things weigh? Are they heavy? They look heavy. Uh, they're not heavy. No? Uh, I got, got one right here. Um, Timberline Lounge. Nah, I mean, no. under 10 pounds, no. I think. Okay. 
They look. They just look sturdy. They look like you know. Yeah, like I said, sleek, sturdy, and sexy as fuck. That's <laughs> what we all want to be, isn't it? Yeah, you know what? I'm working on it now. Like I said, I reached out <laughs> my boy Finney Acres. I've got like my bench is showing up. I got my squat rack. It's like the garage gym is dialed in. Now it's time to go. Love it. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I truly appreciate your time here, Brian. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to cover? Well, I think um, you know, the, what we've been talking about is a lot of life stuff as well. And I think you know, the, the cans and, and the business aspect of it is just kind of a, a vessel to, to explore life and, and, and yeah. figure it out mm-hmm. with what people are going through. And I, I think, one, just thank you for, for reaching out and, and having me on the podcast. I mean, it's been super enjoyable for me. I, I've had a lot of fun. Doing it. Shouts um, to Ryan Fulmer for, for connecting us. Oh yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. And I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that he, he connected us. So Big, big props for Graham for introducing us. And I think, too, as people navigate life, you know, understand you're not alone in it. Um, It's never the road called life is never going to be as smooth and as straight as you want it. Understand that and recognize that you're going to have to navigate it. And whether that's as an individual or looking out and surrounding yourself with people that are going to challenge you for success and hold you accountable or and or working with coaches and mentors to help you yeah. get through it and, and and find the success that that you're willing to earn. Nothing's going to be handed to you. I mean, people need to understand that nobody's going to hand you that. You got to go out and earn your success. And yeah. I, I think if people lean into it with a good headspace and with that support, with people believing in them, um, you can accomplish more than you think you could. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. Well, Brian, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for daring mighty things. Uh, again, hardships prepare ordinary people for extraordinary destinies. And you've uh, obviously, you're, I don't think you're an ordinary person to begin with. Um, I appreciate you're it. Extraordinary. Um, and, and obviously, uh, we all benefited from this conversation. So keep doing what you're doing. I uh, would love to have you back anytime. You have some new products, new ideas, something uh, new you want to talk about. Let's do it. Um, is there so we can go online fitfo.co and get in touch. Um, I might have to throw like a, you know, beer mighty things, uh, promo code out there for the listeners. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. I'm I'm all in on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. by the way, you got it. You got a You got a great logo, man. We can put some on the side of a can for you too. So when you roll Let's in for it. that, uh, cigar meeting with your, with your guy, like you, like you roll it. in and people are like, who's that guy? There is a pretty sweet cigar lounge out by me. If I walked in with one of these things, I bet you there's, I bet you, uh, you get some, some emails and phone calls. All right. You want any and all help guidance to spreading the good word about who we are as people first and foremost, mm-hmm. our brand and our product greatly appreciated. Awesome. And we can find you on Instagram. We got, uh, at fitfo underscore custom underscore cans. Yep. That's us. That's cool. And a lot of these photos are the other people sending photos in and tagging you guys or are these? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I actually handed off a can this past week for a guy to test drive. Uh, yeah. Not only are cans great for cigars, they're great for weed too. Okay. And, and coffee, right? That. What's that? And you said, and, and for coffee grinds as well, or for, for fresh coffee. Yeah. We're, we're looking into that. We're still playing okay. around. We know um, the owners of international coffee traders here in Bozeman, uh, Patrick and Sarah, great human beings. 
uh, doing it the right way and they just have damn good coffee. And so we've been yeah. talking to them about, Hey, what would it take to, you know, what, what does coffee need? Cause there are some coffee snobs out there. And I'm, I'm they got, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coffee, bear water, precious beans, <laughs> yeah. ground right before, you know, the pour over and all yeah. this and all that. And, and also I didn't know it's like people go to Hawaii and buy like $60, like special Kona beans. And oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. it's wild. Like, I didn't even know that world existed. Like cigars <laughs> and weed, I could figure out, but like the coffee thing, that's like. I've been the beneficiary the of uh, I have a family member who's got some friends who keep going to like Hawaii and bringing back coffee and it, you know, Kona coffee and it's whole bean. And he's like, I don't have a grinder. <laughs> he's like, so here. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> I have a coffee grinder. What's that? Like put them in, put them in like a dip and just like gnaw on them for an hour. I mean, <laughs> no, um, uh, but I get, you know, I get some good Hawaiian coffee. I get to grind up and, uh, and drink and enjoy. Is it really that good? It's pretty good. And, and coffee from Jamaica is fantastic as well. And one thing I, I do understand with coffee is if you, if you fresh, fresh ground it and then use it right away, it's the difference between eating like apple slices out of a Ziploc bag and biting mm. into a fresh apple. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, not everybody's as good as that would be, you know, not everybody would be able to really tell that difference, but if you like fresh beans in a pour over and then you have that at the proper temperature, like, wow, this is, this is a world of difference. You know, I I drink my coffee black, so it's, it's fantastic. Um, there are, you know, again, different beers, different coffees, different cigars. Uh, what's your, what's your go-to cigar? I'm uh, I always go back to Padron. A Padron, you, you can't go wrong. Um, when when Aaron and I were were dating, uh, we used to hang out on this bench on Wilson Boulevard in, in Arlington. We lived right across from Georgetown. And Friday afternoon, we would meet up, have a Jameson and Ginger, sit on this bench, just kind of catch up on the week. And I would go out with you know my former college teammates, and she'd go out with her girlfriends, and we'd either meet up later or we'd just connect in the morning. And yeah, you know, when you're dating, you're always testing the waters mm-hmm. to see if this is the one. I mean, sure. anybody listening to this or watching this can relate to that. And I was testing her a little bit and I was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know what good with these drinks, a couple cigars. She looked me dead in the eyes. I was like, yeah, they would. Why don't you go get us two? I literally <laughs> took Score. off running down, took off running down the street. There's a great humidor. It's no longer there. Um, literally, I think that's the fastest that I've run in high school, college, playing in big games in front of thousands of people. The fastest that I've ever run. And, you know, busting the door. And I'm like, I got this beautiful girl up the street. She wants cigars. Like, I know what I like and all that. And they're just like, just grab two Padrones and go back. Yeah. You know? nice. I mean, it nice was literally smoke. like handing off a baton. I don't even think I paid them right then. I think I just grabbed stuff. <laughs> go yeah, yeah, yeah. Back up the street. Uh, sat down. And so, you know, Padrones are, are, are great smoke. Um, you know, especially if you can get some of the anniversary edition yes. ones, like those yeah. are unbelievable. They've been awesome. Um, but now there's so many brands out there that yep. are really good and that nobody really knows about. Cause I feel like we, we are creatures of habit. So like you're a David off guy, or, you know, you're going to go back to that or My father, a right. Padron yep. or you're this, that, or the other. What I yeah. would encourage people to do, and I do this, is I don't smoke the same cigar twice. I have some that I go back to, but yeah. if I have a room, a farce from room 101, Matt Booth, my next cigar will not be from room 101. Yeah. Or if I have a tabernacle from 
foundation. Nick does a great job with his cigars. You know, the next one will be something else or CLE with Christian Aurora and all that. So there's so many good brands out there that are really pushing the envelope with some of the flavors and, and some of the stuff. I mean, so there's plenty of options out there for people. Yeah. I would encourage people to go talk to the local tobacconist and try something different. They want you to have a good experience. So they're going to say, okay, what do you like to eat? Or what are you drinking while you're here? What are you eating while you're here? How do we pair it? Um, you know, do you like, how long are you going to be here? Right. So they'll help you find, you know, what, what fits. Um, so definitely, you know, that's, that's what they're there for. Uh, that's one of my oh, favorite things. Like, like, going like, what's, what's hot right now? What's new? What's selling? What was everyone yeah, doing? Like, oh, hey, this, is, is there a, hot, you know? Yeah. It's like, Hey, is there a limited release? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I heard about this partnership with Fuente and Padron, which is coming out. Those boxes will be released. I think late fall, maybe okay. around Christmas time, but like that combo, like those boxes are going to be hot. Like if you know somebody, definitely jump on that. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do it again, but if you know somebody, get somebody, or if you, or if you, um, somebody brought me an Atabay, um, Mike Ketchum brought me an Atabay, which is an amazing cigar. Super, super smooth. Um, never had one before, heard about it. Wow. You know, again, it's broadening your horizons. You're yeah. learning. I mean, you're always going to go back to what you're comfortable with, but yeah. I would challenge you and others listening to this. Try some stuff. You might find the next new one that you're comfortable with, you know? Just take a flight. I really want to dive into some stuff from United Cigar. Okay. Um, Dave Garofalo, who owns United, uh, he actually has a custom can of ours. Okay. And But he his portfolio of cigars is pretty large, and, and it's I haven't dove into it. Okay. And I would just like it to be like, all right, like, what about this? But then again, you look at Foundation Cigars. They've got some new stuff coming up. Um, you know, there's so many different brands. That Matt Booth always does good work. Okay. And then you can go back and, and I think, too, like the next level stuff that's like pretty wild is you can run across these guys that just deal in rare and hard-to-find exclusive cigars like opus mm. x from like 20 something and mm. uh davidoff and all these like just the rare to hard find ones and and those are the guys that are like hey you really want to try this opus x from 2016 it's going to cost you 800 bucks oh but like there there are some people that are in the cigar game yeah like yeah sure i want to be able to say that i smoked that one yeah and so literally the world is your oyster when it comes to cigars so you can get the the great you know, like with the different price points, you know, each brand has like an entry point, whether it's eight to 10, you know, 12 to 18, 20 to 35. And then you can go up to some, you know, some other ones. But I think, you know, I, you know, I, I think some cigars, some brands that I, I would like to explore more, you know, uh, Southern Draw, uh, Hireman Solomon. You know, I've, I've got to meet people from those brands and one, they're a great story. They're good people. And why not support them? Yeah, that's, absolutely. Right. I mean, they're, that's well, the same journey. Yeah. I, everybody's doing something like my whole thing is support good people doing good things. Why not? You know, like you, you get, 
Carmen Salmon, great cigar. Um, I want to try different cigars from them. Southern Draw, love the Jacob's Ladder. Uh, the Rose of Sharon, so good. But they're coming out with some new stuff. So I'm going to support them, you know. And, and that's one of the things that I think is great with cigars is there's a story behind each one. Like, you know, cigars just don't fall out of trees. I mean, it's not like picking apples. No, I mean, and it's family and it's land and it's agriculture family, and it's land, history. It's time. You know, oh, yeah. cigars take time. You know, the tobacco's aged, it's shipped, it's, it's rolled, it's aged again, and then it ends up in your hands. Like, I'm amazed some of these cigars cost what they do. When you actually look at it, like, all right, this was grown in the Connecticut Valley, then shipped to Nicaragua, and then made, then rested, and then coming back. Like, it only cost me 12 bucks. That's crazy. <laughs> right. It cost me like 80 yeah. Um, but that's all, that's all part of the process. Uh, you know, I believe, and you know, you said you had Malik on earlier and he talked about yep. how do you light toast, you know, and what you should be looking for. It's fun. You know, yeah. you go in there and you can try a new experience with your significant other, your buddy, or you can use them to like celebrate a huge event, um, a win. And that's speaking of that, I think that's one thing people lose sight of these days. And that's something Ryan and I had talked about one time, like he's been busting his ass and yeah. earning his success. And I remember checking him a little bit and just being like, dude, you need to celebrate this win. You know, take your wife out to dinner without the kids. Celebrate this. And because I think so many people are are out there and and they have a big win and they're like, next. Yeah. And that's something that's- that I have to work on now, too, is I think hey, we all do. Yeah, I was like, hey, I've earned this win. Why don't I enjoy it? Celebrate it. Obviously, I know I've got to get back to work, but I don't want to be a robot. Like, let's 100%. Like, let's do it. I remember I remember one of the teams I coached, great group of guys. Uh they're they're at a prep school. And literally, like they didn't know how to celebrate. They would score a goal in a huge game and just walk around like it was nothing. I remember taking time out of practice so they could learn how to celebrate. And so like mm. a kid would score a goal in a drill and I'm like, blow the whistle. I'm like, what's your celebration? You're going to scrape the, the ground. Throw the stick. Yeah. You're <laughs> going to do something. And they the literally like didn't know what to do. And then yeah. we kept huh. encouraging that and doing that. And then, you know, because it takes a lot to put that little white ball, that six ounce white ball on the back of a net. In yeah. fact, it's incredibly difficult depending on who you're playing. So mm-hmm. you might as well celebrate because that might be the only one of the game. So enjoy it. I don't know if I've ever seen the lacrosse game with only one goal, but uh, uh, there, I'll tell you what, man, there were a couple of times some teams I coached. I thought that's all we were getting. Really? I mean, we had to work, we had to work so hard for every goal, mm. but the, the team we were playing was just really, really good. So were we in our own right. Credit the defense and positioning coaching. You know, I think too, like, if you want to be great, you got to surround yourself with greatness so you can learn from them and be challenged by them. Like nobody waltzes their way into the playoffs. And so if you want to hide in your schedule and be like, Oh yeah, we're 14 and oh, and we're going to host a first round game against a team that's seven and seven and then sharpen their teeth against a really tough schedule. That seven and seven teams going to, going to make you pay for it. Wow. You know, you might win, but there's a good chance that seven and seven team going to come out on top because they've been through the good the bad and the ugly like we talked earlier in the podcast and they know how to handle those situations better than that team that's had it easy 
So one of the things I always told people is like, don't shy, don't shy away from hard, embrace it. You should shy away from easy. If you don't feel excited, anxious about the experience you're getting ready to lean into, why are you doing it? Absolutely. Now, it, it shouldn't be, you should be excited, maybe a little nervous too. Like, oh my God, what am I getting ready to do? Look at you and starting your business. What I think, ner- I think nervous is it would mean, if you're nervous, you're on the right path. Completely. You're doing something right because it's stirring some deep emotions. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to like stacking wins. Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. I'm nervous. How do I handle that nervousness or that anxiousness? Okay. I figured out how that's a win. That's momentum into handling that obstacle that can create that optimism where you can handle something bigger down the road. Absolutely. And so it's, it's really interesting, um, to see people, teams in the athletic world or the business world and how they want to handle stuff and what they look for, you know, like, like the challenge, like, Hey, all right, we're, we're dealing with a recession. You know, do we hold on to what we have now? We hold on to our chips and we limit, limit our bets. Or do we push our chips to the middle of the table and play big boy poker? Yeah. And I feel like right now there's a ton of opportunity out there, even with the um, dynamic environment we're in, AKA shit show mm-hmm. uh, for, for people and businesses to, to have success and, and earn it later on. Yeah. If you're looking at the stock market or crypto, I mean, everything's on sale now. So if you wanted to sure. get in and, and, yeah. and do some stuff. It's a perfect time. Yeah. I love to text my financial advisor and go, the, the stock market's on sale today. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I mean, you know, other people are fearing, you know, but it's an opportunity. Yeah. But again, you're getting some coaching and mentoring from your financial advisor on, Hey, here's an opportunity. Let's go for it. Yes. There's going to be risk in anything you do, but again, you've got a mentor, you've got a financial coach. He's like, Hey, it makes sense to do this. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, it, again, surrounding yourself with the right people who are going to challenge you for success and, and help you capitalize on opportunities, um, no matter what it is. What's your cigar cut? Straight, wedge, or punch? Uh, v. Yeah, the wedge V. I like yeah, that. I do like I, the punch, though, too. I, I used to be just a straight up, like, straight guy, like, and then coming out here, TJ, the owner of the Timberland Lounge, introduced me to the V. And I haven't, you know, straight cut. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously with some cigars, you, you, you do use a straight cut and at a little. Depends you know, on the shape, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but v, v cut's my go-to. Cool. Well, I will urge, you know, everybody out there, listen to uh, also episode 82 on the art of the cigar with Malik Cobb. That was a lot of fun. Um, and Brian, this is fantastic. So I do have to hop and let you go. But um, again, let's stay in touch. I appreciate all you do. Keep making kick-ass products. Keep leaning in and daring mighty things. Uh, Keep coaching up the family and all those around you. And uh, keep that positive mindset. You know, it's contagious. And uh, everybody needs it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Kyle. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to share our story, what we're about, who we are as people, and kind of have people get a better understanding of our brand and what we do when it comes to custom cans for cigars and weed or 
some cases, more importantly, us working with people and businesses to help them be the best versions of themselves with our coaching and mentoring. So thank you for the opportunity. Truly grateful for it. Uh, I would love to do another episode with you and talk about some really cool things besides Fitfo custom cans. Okay. So I think there's plenty uh, to talk about something on the books. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. We'll have to do it. All right, man. Well, for now, I'm going to let you uh, enjoy the woods and the, uh, the, uh, I don't know. What, what do you call the thing that you're in? I want to call it. It's almost like a, you know, cigar, cigar spaceship of the future kind of deal. I don't know. (laughs) This is, this is a cigar spaceship from the past. Okay. (laughs) Airstream camper. Um, nah, super cool. Uh, just, you know, I'm glad TJ's here in Bozeman gives us a place where we can smoke and, uh, not freeze our asses off in the winter or melt in the summer. So very, very true. Greatly cool. appreciate it. All right, brother. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers, man. All right. That'll do it for today's episode. Appreciate you tuning in. I hope you learned something. I hope you really enjoyed it. And if so, tell a friend, leave that five-star rating I mentioned earlier and comment on Apple podcasts, Subscribe on any platform. Spread it around the world. Let's make it happen. I appreciate y'all. Cheers and beer mighty things.